let's turn to the scriptures. Um, I wanted to go on with what I shared on, on Tuesday night. Um, one of the things that struck us about uh, my wife and I about Kinshasa and the difference with Brazzaville was that you could have the same tribe of people divided by a river and education had totally caused one group of people to uh, live in one lifestyle, another group of people to live in a totally different lifestyle. And education has a lot to do with how people live. But when you come to the Christian life, uh, the way people think and what you're brought up to believe and the way your family is and the way uh, your environment is has a lot to do with the battles you have in life. Uh, and a lot of people don't understand. Uh, and I was saying how I've noticed that um, people will always, if God's Spirit doesn't continue to work upon them, they will always revert to type. They just do, always. And um, it doesn't matter whether they're born again or not, you can become a new creation in Christ. But the habits of thinking and what you accept as normal have to change by what the scripture calls the renewing of the spirit of your mind. That's what the Holy Ghost does and he does it through the word of God. And if the word of God doesn't get into your heart and mind and transform your thinking, then you will revert to what you were before God ever touched you. And you will live that way, and you will be that way, and you will show, in the end, you'll revert to type. And that's the amazing thing. Uh, and a lot of people would say, well, you never had a born-again experience. No, you did. But unfortunately, you never ever allowed the Word of God to get inside. You never amended your lifestyle um, Jesus made, made it very plain. He said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. But there was a condition of continuing in the word. And the problem is that people do not continue in the word. They start, and then they go back into myths and fables, and they go back into their habits, they go back into their culture, they go back into their family values, they go back into the wrong thinking, and once you do that, you're lost. You lose the freedom that you had. And that is where a lot of people end up. They don't know why they lost their freedom. They don't know why things went wrong. They don't know why they lost their joy. They don't know why Christianity becomes a drudgery. I'll tell you why. Because they never continued in the word. They started in it and they left it. Um, Paul wrote to the Galatian church and he said, I, I, you know, I'm amazed you're so soon removed from the gospel. Uh, it, it's so easy for thinking to take you away. Uh, and one of the things that happens when people get born again is uh, their lives transform and then family members come along and say, oh, well, you don't have to be this extreme, you don't have to do that. And um, before you know it, they reassert their old family values.
and your family values are deadly. Absolutely deadly. Whether you're a religious person or you're a heathen, they're deadly. And uh, what has to happen is there has to be a realization that you can't live in what isn't Christian. If you continue in my word, Jesus said, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Freedom is a continuation in the word of God and the life of God. It's a determining to go God's way, and God's way alone. And the error comes in the thinking of people. And preaching is all to do with capturing the hearts and minds of men. Now, let me make it plain, it is not a demon, it is not some spirit, it's not some family spirit. It's an attitude of thought. A lot of things you learn in life, and a lot of things you do in life, are, are taught responses, aren't they? Hmm? How many of you have learnt to drive a car? How many of you learnt to drive a car? How many of you inherited that ability from your father or mother? But how many of you inherited it from your father? You didn't. It was a learnt thing, wasn't it? Hello? And in fact, uh, now you've got all kinds of gizmos on the car. There's ABS, whatever it is, you know, and brakes, and, and there's all sorts of things, and automatic, whereas they used to crunch gears and double D clutch. Now you've actually got clutches that work, and they, they, they have... Nowadays, driving a car is very different, isn't it? You don't have a little indicator that bobs out of the car and half the time stays out and you have to knock it in. Um, that is gone. Now you've got lights that flash, you've got all sorts. And you learn to drive. And soon it becomes an automatic response. Once you've learned to drive, it's amazing how you actually can drive without thinking about it. Uh, you do, don't you? It's not something, when you first started, you thought about it. And then suddenly it becomes a habit, and it becomes almost second nature to you. In the same way, lots of the things you do in life become second habit. And it becomes natural to you, and it's without thinking you do it. And strangely enough, because of education, because of family, because of lifestyle, things become second habit. You never think about them. You don't evaluate them. You just do them. And there, that's the area where the enemy comes in and uses it. And before you know it, you're trapped into going back into what, for you, was an acceptable value because it was the way you were brought up. And therefore you feel peer pressure, people around you, they all say it's normal, well what's wrong with it? And suddenly your values are, are what's taught and you don't think about them. And that's why television is so insidious because it puts over values that really aren't decent values, they're perverse values very often. And it puts them over as natural. And if you're not careful, you adopt them. And when you're a Christian, 
The thing is that there's God's values and there's the world's values and you can't be a friend of the world otherwise you make yourself an enemy of God. And, and yet when you come to Christian things you then come to family values and what you've learned and it does violence in your mind. You've got to change your attitude, you've got to change your thinking. Everything has to change. It says you've got to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now every thought means every thought. I mean that's drastic, isn't it? Every single thing you think. And you've got to reevaluate the way you live and the way you think and the way you are by the word of God. But you can't do it if you don't know it. And you can't do it if you don't study it. And you can't do it if you're not prepared to be honest with yourself. There are values that people just adopt because they've always thought that way. I've always believed that. It's always. It's the way I was brought up. So it's right, that's wrong. And it's dangerous. And so Christianity is the only faith which demands total committal to the Word of God. Just have to do it. And it's totally changing mind and changing attitude. Now people don't like to do that. They just don't want to amend their lifestyle. So the easiest way to, to not amend your lifestyle is to find excuses. Well, you know, the preacher might have said it, but I don't agree with that. I don't like that doctrine. I don't like that teaching. And I'm a great believer in the simple things of life. I'm a great believer in the Word of God. I'm a great believer in saying, okay, here's the problem. What are we going to do about it? You've got to face issues. Confrontation. Now, people don't like confrontation. They want everything to be nice and pally-wally. But the only way you can deal with someone's mind is confronting it. They're no neutral. Going out at night and getting stoned is not an option to life, is it? Hmm? But believing stupid values is just as deadly. Do you know, my Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. But no one sits at home and kisses pound notes. Or five pound notes it would be now. Um, it's not that, but what is it? It's what it can do. People are misers. It's terrible. But how can anyone get trapped by such stupidity? People get trapped by things. Trapped by the world and the way thinking of the world. And advertising spends millions every year trying to trap your mind into believing false things. And you begin to wonder, how can it be? What is wrong? Uh, and then when you come to church and you try and talk to people and say, hey, you know, the only way to live right is to go God's way. The only way to have a happy life is to live according to his principles.
and the battle is in the mind. It isn't anywhere else. And a born-again person has as much need to transform his life. You know, we're, we're changed from glory to glory as in the face of Jesus Christ. What if Jesus no longer is revealed in your heart and life? What if instead of God, you have the idol of your family values, what you were brought up with, and that becomes your touchstone instead of the Word of God? What, what, what happens when suddenly it's the people around you that govern your feelings more than the Word of God? What happens is you end up with idolatry. That's why John, in his epistle, said, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Because a family and family values can be just as much idolatry. Or the way you think. Or politics. Just as much an idol. When we look, when we begin to examine things, what is called spiritual warfare is nothing more than mind entrapment and when you look in a church what goes on is basically the Word of God comes forth and then people begin to evaluate it according to preset things and if you're programmed wrong then when the truth comes your program will try and deflect it uh, it's rather like a computer with a virus. There's nothing worse than getting a virus in your computer. They shouldn't get sick. And once they get in, something that had a logic to it gets affected because they get into the, the control programs in the mind and in the, in, in the computer and the whole thing becomes jumbled. And that's how many people are in their Christian life. Their life is confusion. They do not know what is right and what is wrong because they've been fed. Fed stupidity. And so what God's doing is challenging. What God does is he brings a challenge and he says, all right, you think this, well. And so, Life and time are a good test. In the mind, there are a lot of things that destroy. I watch children destroyed by what their parents taught them. I watch families destroyed by how the parents live. And in the end, the child will revert to what it knows. Unless they walk and continue in the Word of God and unless they allow God's Word to work within them and unless they're transformed by the renewing of their mind they will revert to the worst habits of their family. That's the way it goes. And there is no method of avoiding it except the experience of God and walking in the freedom that Jesus gives through his word. That's it. You can't climb up some other way. Anyone that does that is a thief and a robber. And you'll basically get destroyed. You have to come in through the gate 
and, and you have to come the right way and you have to understand that faith in anything but the Word of God is fatal. It's a fallacy. Is that plain? Are you understanding what I'm saying? So when you look and someone says, well, are you born again or not? It's not an issue of whether your life is perfect or not. It's an issue of whether you had a real encounter with God that transformed your life. If you've gone out of it, very often you went out of it because you reverted to type. Instead of walking in the truth and living in the truth, you started taking on the old values, the old ways of thinking, the old ways of living, and before you know it, the freedom you had has vanished. And you're trapped in a bondage. And that is what's so deadly. And that was why Paul wrote the letter to the Galatian church and to the Colossian church. He was saying, hey, don't you know you've gone back to old wives' fables. You've gone back to silly things. You've gone back to things you should never have been in. And that is where most people fall down. And then the next conclusion is, well, did God meet me? Yeah, God met you. But unfortunately, freedom is only embraced as you walk and live in the Word of God. That's the only way to keep free. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. But it's totally conditional. And the problem is, when you move out of that condition, you move out of God. You're gone. And that is where the problem comes, because people say, well, I did experience what's happened. Or as William Kuber wrote, you know that, where is the blessedness I knew? Well, the blessedness you knew hasn't gone. It's you that stopped walking in life. And many, many people will blame a lot of things. You can walk into a meeting and say, well, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the meeting's dead. No, the meeting's not dead. You are. <laughs> if you walk out of life, you walk into death. And then anything you have, that's why Paul said, we're the savor of life unto life and death unto death. There is a sense in which the word of God will kill you if you walked out of the truth of it it'll be death to you. It'll be life to others. You can have 20 people sitting around you, they can all get life, you'll get death. The reason you're getting death is simply you don't live and walk in truth. That's why it's death to you and it always will be death to you. From the moment you walk out of truth it becomes death. It's the savour of life unto life and death unto death. And because people don't understand that, they evaluate things totally wrongly. You can walk in and you can find life, or you can walk in and you can find death. And everything that's said, it'll only add to your death. 
won't bring life. Because life is bought by obedience. He gives the Holy Spirit to them who obey him. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall do what? Make you free. And outside of that, there is no freedom. Now, is that plain? Hello, is that plain? So a lot of people, when they evaluate their Christian walk and evaluate their experience, they forget what they're evaluating. What they're evaluating really is themselves. When someone finds something dead, it's because they're twice dead. When someone can't get benefit out of the Word of God and out of life, it's because there is death in them. And it's a dangerous thing. Let's go to um, Galatians. says in Galatians 1 for do I now persuade men or God or do I seek to please men for if I yet pleased men I should not be the servant of Christ now did you notice if you please men what aren't you what aren't you servant of Christ once you decide to please men you've finished with pleasing God But I satisfy you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man, derived, that's from, derived from any human source. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by revelation of Jesus Christ. For you've heard of my com conversation, that's manner of life in time past, in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wa wasted it and profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in mine own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. Now, that was Paul's problem. He understood his problem because that's the way he'd lived. He got into religion and he began to use religion and it was the way he'd been brought up, it's the way he'd been taught, it's the way he'd been educated, he'd sat at the feet of Gamaliel and everything was forced and he tried to impose what he believed was his values on other people. And that's the deadliness. When people try and impose their views goes on but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me now I want you to notice that when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace I want you to notice that if you think that means his natural birth I want to tell you it means his supernatural birth 
when God separated me. There was a birth I had, my first birth, but when there's a true experience of God, the first thing it does, it cuts the family tie. It cuts the family tie totally. And then it's by the grace of God to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen. Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood, neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. Then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him fifteen days. But other of the apostles saw I none, save James, the Lord's brother. Now the things that I write unto you, behold, before God I lie not. And he goes on. Do you understand, Paul had a problem. He was brought up a Jew, but one of the things he had to do, he had to abandon it. Now you'll know there's another apostle, his name was Peter. And there came a time when the Jews put pressure on him and he reverted to type. And he went back and he went away from the Gentiles, even though he'd been to Cornelius's household, even though he'd seen the outpouring of the Holy Ghost on the Gentiles, even though he'd had to stand up and say that it was a genuine experience of God, when pressure came, he reverted to his religious type as did the other apostles at Jerusalem. And Paul had to go and confront James, the Lord's brother, and he had to confront Peter, and he said they were to be blamed. Why? Because they went back. You've got to walk in the truths of God, and you've got to walk out of the things you were taught. You bring every thought into captivity to what? the obedience of Christ. In other words, the book becomes your touchstone, not family values, not your education, not the way you were brought up, not what your peers say, God's word. And that's what makes a church that walks in life different. And the individuals within the church that walk in life different, you'll find there are those who walk and there are two types. There's the seed of the bond and there's the seed of the free. If you want to know who the seed of the bond was, it's someone who never ever got separated from their mother's womb. And by the grace of God brought into life, they still have the baggage. And you can see it when you talk to them. It's so apparent. You've got to get rid of it. You've got to be free. Every thought brought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's why Paul has to say, well, do I please men or do I please God? And he says, well, if I please men. You know, there is nothing pleasing about telling people the truth. They will not be pleased to be challenged. No one wants someone in their face telling them. It's not a pleasing thing. And a preacher's job's a mug's job, if you ask me. Because in the end, you're going to upset people. And if you don't upset them, and you try and please them, you're going to upset God. And it's a question of who you think it's worth risking upsetting. As far as I'm concerned, I don't care. I'll upset you. It's better to be on friendly terms with God 
than to be on friendly terms with you. Now, the people that want to walk right, you'll have fellowship with them. That's why John goes on, he says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And fellowship's based on the walk. If someone's going to walk right, I can fellowship with them. If someone's going to walk wrong, I'll never fellowship with them. Can't. They, they, they're, just, they're just dead. And there's no way I'm ever going to fellowship with them. Now, I might talk to them. I might try and uh, spend time with them. But I can't fellowship with them. Because that's a restricted area. It's restricted to those who walk in the light as he is in the light. That's where fellowship is. That's why friendship with the world makes you the enemy of God because the world doesn't live in light or walk in light. So you don't have fellowship. You can't have fellowship if you're truly walking in the truths of Christ. You'll just find that you have nothing in common with the world. And if you have something in common with the world and you can please men, you have nothing in common with God. Now is that simple? Hello? Is that plain? You're either one or the other. And that's what mystifies most people. They, they come and they scratch their heads and they say, well, you know, then people come up to me and they say, well, I don't feel part of this. Well, they never will until they get born. And when they're born, they won't feel part of it if they don't walk in it. If you don't walk in truth, you'll find it, it is death to you. They'll keep just killing you. Uh, and you'll never actually become part of life because you're baptized by one spirit into one body. And, and once you're baptized by the spirit into that body, that, that you're alive. But to live in it, you have to walk in it. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth. Truth makes you free. You have a tremendous freedom in that. Outside of that, it's death. And that's what Christians don't understand. It's nothing to do with getting sanctified. You are sanctified when you're born again. This is purely obedience. And it's purely bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You obey him. What you want to live is God's will. What's important for you is to live and do what God wants you to do. What's important for you is to adopt his standards, his values. What's important is only the will of God. Not your will, not man's will, not what society wants, but what God says. And it's a narrow path and few there be that find it. And that's it. And when you go and you start to preach, you realize, hey, this is where the conflict is. But Paul wrote and said, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? In other words, there has to come a change of life, lifestyle. You can't play footsie with a devil. Choice. And that's what makes a church where people can fellowship and a church where they can't. And you can't be what you're not. But very often a lot of people have ceased to walk in the light 
somehow they, their minds get put off, their thinking goes wrong, and when your thinking goes wrong, your life goes wrong. And when your thoughts are wrong, you're in trouble. Because then what will happen, you won't continue in the word, you'll go off into your imaginations, and you'll get deceived, and you'll stumble. And the only sure word is the light to our feet, which is the word of God. And if you walk in that, you know, Peter puts it, we have a more sure word of prophecy. What's going to happen next is your life's going to go wrong. And when your life goes wrong, you'll then say, well, I don't know what happened. You know, what, God, what, what did you do? I'll tell you what he did, nothing. You failed to do what he told you to, which is to bring every thought into captivity and make a choice to live right. And then you say, well, I don't know whether God met me. Of course he met you. It was you who walked out on him. You just decided, well, that's it. And how many I've seen do that? Well, that's their choice. That's why John can rightly say they went out from us because they were not of us. Doubtless if they'd been of us, they'd still be with us. That's how you know. Time always sifts people. Time sorts everything out. Just wait. See. You'll soon see by their fruit. That's fine. That's the way life is. By their fruit you shall know them. Problem is, poor old Peter says, well, to whom can we go? You have got the words of life. That's, that's the trouble. Pleasing God doesn't please men. Because it becomes a challenge. There's a cross in it all. Cross of Jesus Christ. Self-denial is part of it. Can't have your own way. Sorry about that. That's the way it is. Isn't that great? You know, it's no, no kind of apology. You, you can't have your own way. Got to go God's way. So here's, here's the word of God to you tonight. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Uh, and that's conditional. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. If you're not in freedom, if you're not in joy, if you're not in liberty, it's because you haven't continued in his word. And you, if you bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, you'll live a happy life. And if you don't, you're going to get in bother. It's that simple. And if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. If you find yourself out of fellowship, it's not because I don't like you. It's because you don't like yourself. Because if you walked in the light, we'd have fellowship. It's that simple. And that easy. Hmm? That's just kind of putting it into practical, easy terms that everyone can understand. But for a preacher, you can warn people, and I want to tell you, this book's right. It really is. And the advice God gives is right. Uh, and if you take the medicine, you'll be happy. If you continue in my word, what? Then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall... If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. It's a 
question of choice. Bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It's all to do when you're born again with becoming obedient to the word and living by it. Okay? Is that plain? Just wanted to explain it because there's a lot of people come up with this idea, I don't know whether I'm born again. That's not an issue. The real issue is, why aren't you walking according to the Word of God? That's the issue. If you did, you'd be in freedom. Okay, let's lift up our hands to heaven. Father, I just pray for these dear ones, Lord. Reach out your hand and heal them and deliver them. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.